Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord. It is so good to be here and to continue to march on through this series titled Like a Tree based on on Psalm 1. And um, this has been an incredible study for me personally. Uh, I've gotten so much out of um, just digging, digging, and praying, and and I pray that you are as well. We've been hearing lots of amazing reports and testimonies, and uh, today we're actually going to be moving above ground. We're moving out of our uh, out of our, our root system. But let's go ahead and uh, read Psalm one, the first uh, few key verses of it. Could you put that up, please? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Now let me pause here, okay? We've been talking for five weeks. We talked about what happens underground. And now we're, we're going to see the carryover of our private life with God manifest itself in where we live, where we walk, where we talk how we live, who we talk to, who we listen to, and who we don't listen to. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Let's read the rest of it together. Ready? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers one more time let's praise God for this amazing promise (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah and as we cross over into um the the our, our public life for God It is important for us to remember, this is important for everyone to remember, that God wants us to be like a tree. And when we talk about the fact that we're called to be like a tree, it means that we are all called to, we have the opportunity, the blessing, to be privately healthy and publicly fruitful. Let's say that together. Privately healthy, publicly fruitful. That's right. That is God's will for your life and for my life. And before we, we, we kind of unpack the, the, the realm of the public realm, the, the realm of service, let me just say that if you look at the life of Christ, this is vitally important. I read this many, many years ago, um, studying actually Andrew Murray. It's Andrew Murray who once said that Jesus was a son first and a minister second. And, the, and where, where he spoke that was that when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says that uh, there was a dove that came down and a voice spoke from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You see, and Jesus hadn't done miracles yet. He hadn't started his ministry yet. And it's very important for us to understand that privately, being a, a person who's privately healthy is a direct result of your time spent with the Lord. 
You see, it's all about your relationship with God, your relationship with God that no one sees. Your private life is your relationship with God that no one sees. Every person here has an amazing invitation every single day, actually every single moment of the day, but we have an amazing invitation to be with God so that he'll make us privately healthy. He'll make us happy in Jesus. He'll make us strong in him. He'll plant us. He'll anchor us in him. He'll reveal his will. He'll give us grace to grow and to be. And, and he'll renew us and transform us. All of these things happen just by you spending time alone with God every single day. And that's what we've covered so far. Your private life is your relationship with God that no one sees. Now we're moving into the public life, which is your relationship with God that everyone sees. And how many know Everyone should know that we belong to Jesus. How many would say amen? And we're really going to, to, to start kind of, uh, we're going to focus on what that means because I really believe that somehow our world has become so self-centered in nature that this issue has actually become less important to people. So let's march through this. This is important. Let's keep, let's keep walking here. So as we mentioned before, your root system is the realm of meditation. Your fruit system is the realm of service. Everyone say service. Okay, we are called to serve. The Bible says bearing fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. It is God's will for us to be like trees and to serve. And, and today the title of the message is going to be the realm of service because we're going to talk about, about what it is to serve. And when you think about the realm of service and, and how God uh, uh, raised up trees, why do you think that the above ground life of a tree is the realm of service? Here's why. It's because trees, listen very closely, trees are the longest standing servants in human history. Trees were created on day three, okay? And when Adam came into the, uh, onto the scene, trees were in the ready for Adam and Eve. They were in the ready to provide fruit and food for them to eat in the garden. From the very beginning, trees have been there, ready to serve humanity. And as we studied this, there's some things that are very important for us to understand about the roles. Trees are the longest standing servants in human history. And here's how they serve us, very simply and yet very powerful. Number one, trees serve us by absorbing pollution. Hopefully you learned in school that trees absorb carbon dioxide and they produce oxygen. We take in oxygen and we produce carbon dioxide and trees take that in and, and, uh, and they, in a sense, they're constantly scrubbing the air. All of the forests in the world are so crucial to the oxygenation of our world. Rainforests, let's say this, this is not a rainforest, but rainforests are actually called the lungs of the earth. 
because what they do is they, they absorb pollution, they absorb carbon dioxide. And, uh, and by the way, carbon dioxide is the most significant long-lived greenhouse gas in the Earth's atmosphere. I don't know if you believe in global warming or not, but for those who do, that's another sermon for another day. But for those who do, the, the, the common science, belief of science is, is that carbon dioxide is what is eroding uh, uh, the layers uh, of the atmosphere. We're not going to get into that. Let's just keep going. <laughs> but the point is, is that the, the Amazon forest alone accounts for about 20% of the Earth's oxygen. Okay? Photoplankton, which are trees and plants that grow in the ocean, account for 20% of the world's oxygen. Trees have a major impact on our lives because they absorb pollution and they give out oxygen. How many are thankful for oxygen today? Amen. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Okay, here's a second reason why trees have been the longest standing servants in human history. Trees serve by providing fruit for food. There are at least 3,000 different, don't you wish you were there right now? When I saw that, I was like, man, Okay, this is a beautiful apple orchard, and there in a, in a typical rainforest, there are about 3,000 fruits that are found, and through the process of photosynthesis, this very, we'll get to this in a moment, but through the process of photosynthesis, where the sun beats down on the trees, the energy from the sun is converted by the trees into life-giving energy for us, okay? And trees... Trees absorb that energy, and they impact the entire ecosystem. All of the animals are impacted. Trees are the only uh, organisms, living organisms on the planet that can transfer the energy of the S-U-N, the sun, to the rest of the world. And they stand there, and they offer fruit. You know, we'll talk about this in, in a few future messages, but... You know, when I was thinking about this and looking at this picture, you know what I love about trees? Trees are not prejudiced. Trees just stick out their fruit and anyone who will come by and pluck that tree. They don't say, oh, you know, you're, you're from that neighborhood, you can't have this. You're from that nation, you can't have this. They just stand and serve. They stretch out their branches and they offer their fruit and they feed whoever will come. From the very beginning, they've just been serving, standing as servants, moving us forward. Here's the last thing. Trees also serve, trees also serve by laying down their lives, okay? Trees lay down their lives for our shelter, warmth, and progress. If you look at the history of, progr of progress of humanity, the wood that comes from trees has made a gigantic, <laughs> impact on that. These, these homes, this is a picture of homes that were built in the late 1700s in a town of Sweden. These are some of the longest standing homes in the country. Trees were chopped down and those people are sheltered. And they're warm. And their they're, trees are chopped down and, and the wood is put into fire and they're kept warm. Trees are amazing servants now. Now, this is important. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was the ultimate servant in all of the universe. Okay? And here's how Jesus has served us. You see, Jesus came to the earth, and he hung on a tree. 
He made the trees, but then he hung on the tree. And when he hung on the tree, he absorbed the sinful pollution of this world. And when he hung on the tree, he became the bread of life for all. Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes forth out of the mouth of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word of life. Jesus is the one who feeds our lives day after day after day after day. Listen, he hung on that tree, and he became the ark of salvation to anyone who wanted shelter. You know the story of Noah, right? How Noah built the ark? That's a type of Christ. Whoever was in the ark was saved from the flood. Aren't you thankful today that Jesus on that cross, he became our ark of salvation? Aren't you thankful that he gave his life for us? It is my prayer that you'll never look at a tree the same again. And then whenever you look at a tree, you'll say, oh my goodness, that tree reminds me of Jesus. And it's no wonder to me that Jesus chose to hang on a tree. You see, and so when the Bible says that he is like a tree planted by streams of water, there's so much that he's saying. A little bit more before we read the text of the day. So now the Lord calls us to be like trees. He calls us to be his servants and to, to be the long-standing servants in our homes, in our communities, wherever we go. God says, live like a tree. Be like my son Jesus and serve. How many want to serve for the glory of God? Amen. There's something so powerful about being a servant. Something so powerful. It, when you choose to offer your life in service to God, it makes you strong and enduring and powerful. Just like Jesus was. There's something so beautiful you know, um, there's a, a movie that, that was, I think, critically acclaimed called The Butler. And the thing that I, I took away from that movie was about a guy who was a butler in the White House. What, what stands out to me, to me in that movie is that presidents move on, but the servants remain and they continue to serve. The servants remain and there's, there's something so glorifying to Christ and so, so dignified about being willing. The Bible says the greatest among you will be what? The servant of all. And trees serve. Trees stand. And we're called to be his beautiful apple, orchard, or peach, or pear, or mango. Depends on where you're from, whatever flavor. <laughs> Platano, you, know, you get what I'm saying. You see, every single one of us, God wants you and me to be like a tree. And so now as we go into... The, the, the realm of service, we're going to look at a passage of scripture where Jesus really zeroes in on how we live like trees and how we serve this world in 2018, how we play our part. And here's what Jesus is going to teach us today, essentially, as we combine these two uh, uh, illustrations together. Here's what he's going to teach us. Number one, he's going to teach us that healthy, healthy trees reproduce and healthy Christians make disciples. When you get into the public realm of your life, healthy Christians make disciples. Listen, 
Only trees can transfer the energy of the S-U-N into the ecosystem. And only Christians, everyone say only Christians. Only Christians can transfer the life and energy of the S-O-N to this world. Only Christians, we are here to make disciples and to transfer the life that we have received from Jesus Christ into all this world. You see, and as we talk about making disciples, as I mentioned earlier, making disciples has somehow gotten onto the back burner of the kingdom. The average Christian doesn't believe that they are called to make disciples. Somehow it's become what pastors do. Somehow it's become what people who, you know, teachers do. But the Bible calls every single one of us to stand and serve this world and to make disciples. And so we're going to be looking at the essence of what it means to have a public life that everyone should know. Everyone should know that you and I, you and I are a follower of Christ, that we are a disciple of Christ. Now I'm going to read the Great Commission in a moment, and I want to pray. Do people know that you belong to Jesus? Today what I want to pray is that the Lord would help us not to belittle the Great Commission. I want to pray that somehow the Holy Spirit would empower us and inspire us to be the kind of people that make disciples. Healthy trees reproduce. Healthy Christians, what do they do? They make disciples. You see, it's a crazy thing, but we're living in a day where the average Christian doesn't really lead anyone to Christ. And what a joy, what a blessing, what a powerful legacy and contribution we are missing when missing out on when we fail to lead someone else to Jesus. It is an amazing thing. And all we have to do is just do what the Lord says, be like a tree. So I want to I wanna go ahead and read Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. We're going to spend, sorry they put lemon in my water and I just caught a seed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Things that happen to me in the pulpit are just so wonderful sometimes. Okay, Matthew 28. The Bible says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. At the end of this message, we're going to end with the fact that when we go out to make disciples, we can be assured of the fact that Jesus is with us always. And if you're here today and you're not the kind of person who has led people to Christ, you haven't made disciples in the past, I want to tell you right now, Jesus is with you to do it. So let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be like trees, bearing fruit in season, bearing leaves, O oh God, not withering, but standing strong, standing in the ready to serve, Lord. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that everyone here would become like a fruitful tree, Lord, and that in the public realm that everyone would know that we belong to you, God, and that everyone would know that we could, we are ready to offer the fruit of Christ so that they can taste and see that the Lord is good, Lord. God, we pray for a revolution in this church. We pray for a revival in this city, oh God. We ask that you would raise us up, oh God, wherever we are, that we would stand like trees, Lord, offering life. So bless this word now by your mighty power. The next few moments, Lord, we trust you to do it because you promise to be with us always. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. 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 So today is kind of more introductory in nature in regards to the public realm, the realm of service. And over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about all of the tools, all of the ways that God equips us to be fruitful for the glory of God. But today, how is it that we are called to make disciples? The Bible gives us three very clear and simple things. Number one, if we're going to make disciples, we have to step out in his authority. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Everyone, two words, ready? Therefore, go. Okay? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Now, this is a very important point and a very a very significant issue that oftentimes we can sort of take for granted And uh, I got to walk through this. So in this world, everyone operates on the basis of one authority or another. For example, here's a current bestseller. Uh, I can't really say his name. Yuval Noah Harari. No, I got it. There it is. So this is a current uh, bestseller. And he wrote a book called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. And here's what he says with great authority. Okay, so what he says with great authority is that 13.5 billion years ago, matter and energy appeared. And he said, this is the beginning of physics. You can read it in the book. Okay, 13.2 billion years ago, atoms and molecules appeared, and this was the beginning of chemistry. Okay, then 13.8 billion years ago, molecules turned into organisms, and this was the beginning of biology. Now, 70,000 years ago, organisms, species, and homo homo sapiens appeared. He said, this is the beginning of history. Then he goes on to say, 12,000 years ago, the agricultural revolution began. And this was the beginning of settlements or communities and cultures. And then 500 years ago, the scientific revolution began. And this was the beginning of capitalism. Now, when you read this in this book, okay, I want you to know that he is unashamed and and he declares that this is the way the world was created. And in fact, he actually mocks Christians, okay? And this is his authority. Now, on the basis of what authority he says that he can tell what happened 13.5 billion years ago, I don't know. But that was, that's what he says. You see? Okay? We can barely go back into time, and he goes back 13.5 billion years. Now, it's important for you to understand this because we can take in the authority of this world and not realize it. 
Now, there is a preeminent uh, um, authority on the topic of models of the universe. Actually, Pastor Jake has taken a class with him at the University of Chicago, and he's written an amazing book called The Blind Watchers of the Sky. And this is the people and ideas that shaped our view of the universe. And I think he says this in, in such a beautiful and humble way. And he honors the place of science, and yet he honors the place of mystery. Look at this. This is absolutely amazing, in my opinion. He says, every civilization ha uh, has had models of the universe. The presently accepted picture of the universe is known as the Big Bang model. When our ancestors first looked at the sky, it was with blind eyes. Since then, our vision has grown sharper, but we know we have yet to see it all. Although today we look harder and farther than we have ever looked with all the instruments of modern science and with all the imagination and courage we can muster, we are still blind watchers of the sky. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? In other words, he's saying yes. Yes, science has advanced, and we can celebrate the discoveries of science. But we need to remember that scientific the scientific revolution started 500 years ago, and over the course of 500 years, there have been so many changes of scientific opinion. In fact, every time there is a new scientific discovery, there is something that was previously understood as true, and a chunk of that is chipped away. I'll never forget the day I was driving in the car. And I heard that garlic doesn't really help you if you take it raw. <laughs> Think of all those people with stinky garlic breath, taking in garlic. Then you say it doesn't really help your blood pressure, whatever. You see? But this is, this is, I think, a lot more honest and a lot more powerful. Now, look at what Isaac Newton said. This is really, really amazing. Isaac Newton, who uh, wrote the book, The... The Principia Mathematica. Um, we'll just keep going on that one, right? This is what he wrote. Listen to what he said. Isaac Newton said, Gravity explains the motion of the planets, but it cannot explain who set the planets in motion. This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. You see, what I like about, about the, the professor from the University of Chicago is that he talks about the fact that there's a mystery, okay? And here's what I believe. I believe that, that when you look back, according to them, 13.8 billion years, I don't believe that, but I'm just saying, if that's so mysterious to them, and they have no idea where the matter was, where the space, where the time, how all of that was created, and so a mysterious Creation and origin implies a mysterious and a powerful creator. Okay? Don't just take what people say as gospel. Okay? I think the, the theologian Ansel, and I, forgive me for the long philosophy moment, but you need to understand that when you step out and when you look at the news and when you're in school and when people are saying all of these things, just because they say it, that doesn't mean it's true. Jesus declared, all authority in the universe has been given to me. I am the creator of all things. And we need to understand before the shadow of a doubt that all of that mystery was unfolded in the life of Christ. Amen. 
You see, we need to understand Jesus is what Ansel said, the mysterium tremendum or the tremendous mystery. If Jesus came to this earth and if he was able to heal the sick, if he was able to raise the dead, then he can claim authority. If Jesus came to the earth and he could curse a freak tree and say, you will bear fruit no more, then he can claim authority. If he could get him to walk on the sea and stand in a boat and say, peace be still and the oceans are calm, he can claim authority hallelujah all authority belongs to Jesus all authority belongs to his word and when you step out step out in his authority when we share we share in his authority Opinions come and go, but Jesus stands forever and ever and ever. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so don't be moved by the opinions of this world, brothers and sisters. We have to step out in his authority. No one can claim authority like Jesus can. You see, no one, no one can speak to any issue with any authority like Jesus can. Jesus knew what people were thinking even before they thought it. When they tried to trick him and when that to, they tried to trap him with these tough questions, Jesus had the simple answer because he knew all things. And so the reason why this is important today is because, look, the average Christian doesn't share Christ for two basic reasons. Number one, they don't have confidence in the authority of the gospel. You see? The average Christian is, it can, is afraid to say, yes, I believe that God created the universe. The, the, the book, the author of Homo sapiens, in, in his next book uh, uh, called Homo Deus, which means man-god, okay? In that book, he literally mocks Christians. But guess what? He can mock Christ, but he's going to die one day and he's going to face his maker. Because how many know the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to teach this to our children. We have to communicate to our children just because they say this, that doesn't mean they have the authority. Jesus has all authority. You see, you don't have to be, as a parent, you don't have to be little science. Here's what you say to your children. You say science is God's gift of discovery for man. God loves, knows that we love surprises. And so what God does is he gives us things that are wrapped in surprises. These, these surprises that are wrapped in, we learn and we go, wow. And then he gives us another one. But listen, we're not even close. You know, we are. We're just blind watchers of the sky. But one day when we see him face to face, all of the mystery will be, will be removed and we're going to see the glory of God and we're going to have full under. Come on, let's put our hands together one more time. Hallelujah, Lord. How we long for that day. You know, this has to be said. What I'm talking about today this has to be said. We must understand that when we share Christ, 
we're not walking in our authority. We're walking in his authority. So here's the second thing. Okay, remember, two reasons. Number one, they don't have confidence in the authority of God. Number two, they don't want to be, re they don't want to be rejected. Okay? As foolish or as being fanatical or whatever. But remember, trees absorb pollution. Trees absorb pollution. Let them mock you, absorb it, and say, I love you anyway. Let them make fun of you, absorb it, and say, I love you anyway. I'm going to stand here, and guess what? When you need me, I'm going to stand here and offer you the food of life. Hallelujah. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Which takes me to the second point very quickly now. Okay, we step out in his authority, number one, and then number two. Number two, we have to speak out with his truth. We have to recognize, look, he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. All right? And so what we do is we step out in his authority and we keep offering people the truth of life. Now, this teaching is not just giving instruction. This teaching is giving instruction as we model it. You see, when you speak out the truth, you're actually showing the truth. You're living out the truth. But we have to understand that if we're going to make disciples... Number one, we have to know the Bible, right? Brother, could I borrow your Bible? Is that your Bible? So precious, you know, so beautiful, the Word of God, so beautiful, right? And so we have to know, actually, I just opened, wow, God is good. I just opened to Isaiah chapter 41, okay? The first verse I ever wrote when I became a Christian, I wrote it in my baseball glove, was this. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. I wrote that in my first basement as a baby Christian. Hallelujah. And listen, I remember not knowing. I didn't know a thing about Christianity. Okay? But I remember playing first base and the guy playing second base. And he was going through, he made like three errors. And I was like, don't worry, you're going to do okay. You're going to do it. And, you know, it's, it's so refreshing when you first, I'll pray for you, man. You're going to be great, you know. It's like, you're going to pray for me that I don't boot a ground ball? I said, yeah, man, don't worry, I'm going to pray for you. You're going to do great. This actually happened on a baseball field. And then he went in the dugout. And I said, look, man, look, look at this. Look at this promise. And he, he's like, let me see that thing, you know. I don't know where that guy is right now. But I know. Even a baby Christian can hold out the word of life to people. There you go, brother. So look, we are called to speak out with his truth. Part of the reason that we read the Bible is because when we get filled with the truth, then we can share the truth. When we get filled with the truth in private, everyone say in private. You see, the truth makes you privately healthy, but it's more than that. 
okay? When you take in the truth privately, it begins to flow out of you like fruit publicly. And people come along and they taste and see that the Lord is good from your life. And so, you know, I, I think in, in um, 16 years being here, I don't know that I've ever talked about this like this. I was saying, Lord, you got to help me to do a better job at this, Lord. Because there are people that you and I know, you know, without Christ, they're going to hell. Do you, do you realize what that means? We're supposed to be there like a tree. You know, I work out with a trainer and I, I'm always trying to, they just won't bite the bait, but I know one day, they've actually been, come here, come to the story of love, heard me preach the gospel, but I'm often looking for conversations with them and, and I'm just baiting them and baiting them and baiting them and I still can't get them, but I'm just praying that one day they're gonna serve Jesus with all of their heart and mind and strength. Show up like a tree, hands stretched out. But when you stretch out, what are you, what are you stretching out? You're, you speak out with the truth. You see? So the goal of this series is to teach people to be healthy and then to teach people to be disciple makers. The goal of this series is so that no one will be confused about this. And you know what? You say, well, I don't know how to make. Well, you already know. The, if you teach people that, that they have to anchor themselves in God and that they got to get a hold of the will of God privately and they've got to let God guide them, you teach them those basic things, you are a disciple maker. You are being trained for the glory of God to make disciples. Everyone needs to know that. This is a training process for the people of God called to make disciples and it starts by just going stepping out in his authority and then speaking out his truth we are called to offer people the food of life the life-giving gospel if you're here today we're about to close I'll say one more point if you're here today you're like well I don't know all that stuff just share what you know you see how many know when you're hungry and if you have access to an apple and you bite that apple, how many know there might be a lot of other stuff, but that apple is surely good enough. Okay. Trust Christ to be powerful through you. One bite of Jesus will transform the life of a person. We hold that out by speaking out the truth. And then here's the last thing. The last thing is that we live out in his presence. Everyone say his presence. Privately healthy in his presence. Publicly fruitful. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of mockers. See, he rejects that. We reject that. But our delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, we meditate night and night. On his law, we meditate just morning and skip the middle of the day and night. How many know? It's day and night. Night and day, we're in the presence of the most high God.
And here's what he says. He says, lo, and surely, lo, I am with you always to the very end of the day, of the age. Jesus is always going to be ready. He's always going to be with us. And because Jesus is with us, we will always be ready. On your worst day, you're ready because guess what? He promised to be with you. How many know even when we don't feel him, he's still in the boat with us. He's still right there ready to wake up and say, peace be still to every storm. He's with us. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. All we have to do is be in his presence, live out in his presence. You see? And so, you know, there are all of these these programs for disciple making. And um, what I read in the New Testament is, is that it's not a program. It's a life. It's a life. And that's why in a lot of ways, Pastor Simla taught me this. My pastor taught me this. That's why I, I don't stand in the pulpit and say, hey, invite someone to church and, and tell people about Jesus. Tell me, because people don't share Jesus because they should. People share Jesus because they're healthy and they're fruitful. You see? And I want to pray today. I want us to take a moment and forget about your life for a minute. How about you and I forget about our lives for a minute? Right? How, how about if we just stopped in this moment and said, you know what, my bills later, my issues, what I want to get, you know, what I want to have for lunch. Or how about we just stop for one minute and think about the will of God for this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He went to that cross. He hung on that tree. He absorbed the sinful pollution of this world. He became the bread of life. He became the ark of salvation. And all we're called to do is say to people, here's Jesus. He's free. Salvation is free. And when you walk in the presence of God, when you walk close to God, you just trust. Just trust that when the moment comes, his anointing, is going to be there with you as you share Jesus. Let's lift our hands to him. All I want, all I need, more of you, less of me. Take this life, Lord, it's yours. Have my
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everyone look at me for a second. We're going to take hands. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, and I encourage you to do this, because I, I read this, the importance of a, what a, a godly, a holy imagination. Sometimes when you read the Bible, you got to put yourself there. And so I want you to imagine Jesus talking to his disciples, Jesus alone, him just talking with them. They're on this, they're in this place and they're alone. And he's sharing his last words to them. I'll go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them everything that I've taught you, everything. You may not know everything, but imagine Jesus saying to you, anything, whatever you know, share it with somebody. Offer it like food, offer it like fruit. Say, look, I don't know everything and I can lead you to people who know more, but I'm telling you right now, Jesus has changed my life and I wanna share the little I know because God is good. He's the savior of the world and he's the transformer of every life, hallelujah. So stand to your feet, take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to pray in a moment. Hallelujah. God wants, yes, all across the aisles. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to send us out in his authority to make us like trees, offering the food of life. Lord Jesus, God, today we ask that you would send us, oh God. Help us to go, oh God. Give us what we need. Fill us with your spirit and power, oh God. oh God. Businessmen, oh God. Teachers, oh God. Lord, students, oh God. Housewives, neighbors, oh God. God, construction workers, oh Lord. Wherever we find ourselves, Lord, would you make us disciple makers, oh God. Oh God, we pray that make us servants, make us just like trees, oh God. Let Chicago be impacted by the fruit of this room. Let Chicago be impacted by the life in this room, I pray, oh God. Oh God, use this church for your glory. Use these trees, oh God. Make us a beautiful gospel orchard, oh God. Hold their hand, hold their hand. Jesus, all I want is to be loved. Take 
Jesus, we thank you for your word that says the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And Lord, we ask that you would make us like trees. God, like long-standing servants wherever we are planted. Everyone here, Lord, is planted in a different place. But that is by your design, oh God, because you have them there in that place because you want them to stretch out their branches and offer life, oh God. And God, I pray, oh Lord, that people would taste and see that the Lord is good from our lives. I pray that you would make us disciple makers, oh God. I pray that the great commission would be fulfilled among us and through us by your mighty power, oh God. I pray for a release of the Holy Spirit upon every life. And that we would see, Lord God, just a revolution, oh God, of salvations taking place wherever we go. Give us the grace to step out in your authority, to speak out your truth and to live out in your presence. We thank you for these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.